There's only one. There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports. This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. Hey everybody, what's going on? Jeff Rieger, another episode of The Daily Ticket. This one from Monday, the 8th of January. And if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, I must say, can you imagine this place? One week from today, whether it's going to be Saturday or Sunday or Monday, I guess by the time you watch this, we're going to know. But could you imagine this place being fully packed for the first home playoff game in 30 years and the first ever playoff game at Ford Field? Is it going to be the Rams? Is it going to be the Packers? As I stand here right now, it looks like it's going to be Jordan Love and the Packers, which bums me out because I wanted Matthew Stafford and the Rams. But... Who knows? Maybe things are different when you actually get around to watching or listening to this. But what doesn't change is the Lions win against the Vikings. 30-20 to 20 against the Minnesota Vikings in a game that easily they could have lost. Now, they did lose some pieces, which we will get to. And I know people have all kinds of feelings on if Dan Campbell did the right thing by playing his starters. We'll get into it momentarily. However... I do want to say watch until the end of the podcast because we got to bring up Michigan-Washington as well, which happens later on today. I have a preview and prediction. And I also have a giveaway because yesterday or today, depending on how you're watching this, they gave away a Barry Sanders bobblehead. Look how cool this thing is, by the way. Let me, let me, here we go. This thing is sweet. It's a Barry Sanders bobblehead of the statue in front of Ford Field, if I can get it out of the styrofoam. Let me uh, take it out of the wrapping. Look how cool that looks. That is awesome, isn't it? And it's heavy. It's not plastic either. Lions do a hell of a job with the giveaway. So do the Red Wings. So I'm going to give you a way to win this at the very end of the podcast as well. I'll give it to you. It's yours. I'll tell you how momentarily. But let's get into the game, shall we? Because 30-20 win over the Vikings and... Lions now have the most wins in franchise history. With the win yesterday or today, they now have 12 wins. Only one other team in Detroit Lions history has 12 wins. That was that 91 team that went all the way to the NFC title game, ended up losing to Washington. Are you even aware of how good this Lions team has been? Like, before we focus on a week of, is it going to be Love or Stafford? Are they going to win a playoff game? Are they not going to win a playoff game? Before we focus on any of that, it does need to be said how great this regime is. Think about things for a second. Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, Disner, Spielman, Rod Wood, Sheila Ford, they all started from nothing. They really did. They started from nothing. Go back and look at that team that Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn left. It was awful. It was pathetic. And then there's a reason why Campbell and Holmes won three games in their first year. And it took, what, to week eight to win their first one against the Vikings, ironically enough. In three short years, not only did you win your division for the first time in 30 years, not only will you be hosting a playoff game for the first time in 30 years, but also, more than anything, you have a chance to kill the one stat that everybody holds against Detroit. One playoff win since 1957. A great chance for it to be two, dare I say three, maybe four, because the NFC is fucking open, people. See the Eagles play yesterday? Yeah, they look really good. 
Cowboys struggled for a little bit against Washington. Again, the games are going on as I'm talking to you, but nobody in the NFC scares me like it all. Yes, if you got to go to San Francisco, it's probably a loss. But let's see if you got to go to San Francisco. But I do think we should take a moment and realize how good this regime is and how good this team is. Like, let me just run some stats by you very quickly. Then we get into the game. Lions have scored 58 touchdowns this season. Most ever for a Lions team. Goff is the first quarterback in Lions history to produce a passer rating of 95-plus in consecutive seasons. I already told you of most wins in franchise history. Lions set a single-season franchise record with 6,712 total yards, most ever in team history. For the first time in NFL history, a team has produced two players, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, with 1,000-plus scrimmage yards and 10 rushing touchdowns in a single season. Amon Ross St. Brown joins Herman Moore as the only player in franchise history to produce 100-plus receptions, 1,000 receiving yards, and 10 or more touchdowns. Like, this Lions team is legit. And in three short years, three, you get to watch a home playoff game here at Ford Field. And this place is going to be bonkers. I was watching the crowd as the Lions played the Vikings in a meaningless game, if we're being completely honest. Crowd was insane. It's going to be ratcheted up by a thousand come next week. But it was a big one yesterday, too, because Lions win the football game. Dan Campbell believes you got to put your pedal to the metal. He doesn't care about playing starters. And by the way, it might have come back to hurt them. Sam Laporta, the all-world rookie tight end, who, by the way, established a new NFL record for a rookie tight end in a season. Talking about touchdowns, when he scored one yesterday, he got injured. It's a knee injury, and it did not look good at all. And immediately when this happened, everybody's like, are you kidding me? There was no reason to play your starters. Look at the Rams. Look at the Niners. They rest, guys. What are you doing, Campbell? We'll answer that question momentarily. But let's take a listen from Dan Campbell on Sam Laporta's injury. No, I, the best way I can put it is um, it's, it's probably it's not as bad as it looked. But it's not good news. You know. So it's kind of in this, um, we'll know more tomorrow, but I know it looked awful. It's not as bad as that, but, but it doesn't mean that it, it looks good in the immediate here, you know, to have him for a game. But So there's your Sam Laporta injury by all accounts, and we got to wait and see, but it doesn't look like he's going to be available in the playoff game, which is a crying shame without a doubt. But to be fair, and this is how I looked at the Lions at the trade deadline, they did not go out and make themselves significantly better on the D-line when they could have. They decided not to. They said it was a culture thing. They were not bringing just anybody into that locker room. And you know what? I thought to myself, these are the guys that have done what nobody else has done. Got you to this point. So I'm not going to question it. I'm going to roll with their judgment. Dan Campbell thought it was important for these guys to play in this game. There was an outside chance to get the two seed. Minuscule. You needed Dallas to lose. You needed Philly to lose. And it wasn't going to happen. Now you got one of them because Philly looks like absolute trash against the Giants. But still, he thought there was value after what happened in Dallas to win this game, to get to 12 wins, to keep winning, to not have your first losing skid in 27 games. He found value in this. And you know what? This is the first coach that has brought you here since 93. 
So we can question it, and that's the beauty of sports radio, and that's what we do. But I'm not going to question it all that much. I'm just not. And by the way, I did question the two-point conversion last week in Dallas from the seven, then again from the four. Remember Jim Costa works at our station, called it Reckless. Well, what happened today? Michael Badgley missed another extra point, his second in three weeks. So maybe that's what Dan Campbell was thinking. Didn't want to throw his kicker under the bus, but maybe that's why he went for two instead of going for the extra point. Not good about Laporta, though. Not good at all. What was good, which I loved, this Lions crowd is spectacular. They're awesome. Do you know how many times the Lions called 70 eligible? Do you know how many times the announcement came out over the air? 70 eligible. Dan Skipper even caught a five-yard pass. That was Dan Campbell trolling the NFL. Did you see what happened pregame on social media on the Lions' Twitter? Taylor Decker was walking in the building. They put Taylor Decker reporting. Taylor Decker then joked, well, that's not me. And then the Lions responded back to Taylor Decker saying, oh, we found you. And it's a picture of Dan Skipper. Five times. Six times. I lost track. You heard 70 eligible. And one of the plays that 70 was eligible, Dan Skipper, it resulted in a 70-yard touchdown from Jared Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown. Now, full disclosure, I was sitting up in the press box thinking to myself, get these guys out of here because I don't want anybody else to get injured. But kind of ironic. Fitting, poetic, 70 yards when 70 was eligible. And every time this crowd went insane, people went insane. That's why Lions fans are the greatest. They're the most intelligent as well. They understood what happened last week. Dan Campbell did a hell of a job trolling the NFL, who blames the Lions for being deceptive. Dan Skipper did a hell of a job. Taylor Decker even said they were joking with the refs pretty cool the refs would say are you sure you got everybody eligible and taylor decker would be like uh, let me check yeah yeah we're good so all in all it was cool it was awesome and the fans deserved it after getting totally jobbed on saturday night in dallas the fans deserved it. so that was cool it's a nice win it was a great win now yes there's some issues with the lions secondary that hopefully are solved by cj garner johnson who did get a pick to end the game Picked off Nick Mullins. After the game, he said he feels great. Once he got a hit out of the way, he feels like his old self. Said his team needed him, and he's appreciative of his team for allowing him to be out there. And he also said, we've been hanging a lot of banners. We got two more. Dan Miller, voice of the Lions, said two more. NFC title banner and Super Bowl. CJ Gardner's like, two more, two more. So I love that. And he's right, by the way. This defense, when C.J. Garner-Johnson is involved in it, the secondary looks that much better. Now, Nick Mullins did have success yet again with Justin Jefferson, and that's something to worry about, and that's something to wonder about, whether you're playing Jordan Love or Matthew Stafford. You got to believe they're going to get theirs through the air. But it was a nice win. And the Lions win at 30-20, and that's 12 victories, and now we move on to the postseason. By the way, Khalif Raymond, the receiver, got injured as well. So we told you about the game, but let's talk about another game very quickly because later on tonight, it's Michigan versus Washington for the national title, baby. And as excited as we are for the playoffs, and we are, first you got to settle this one. 
Michigan and Washington, I got to be honest with you, after Michigan beat Bama, I said to myself, I'm never fucking betting against Michigan again. I'll be honest with you. I'm an open book. I bet for Penn State to beat Michigan. I didn't think Michigan would beat Ohio State. And I didn't think Michigan, I told you this, would beat Alabama. I thought Jalen Milrow would tear them up. Oh, how wrong I was. Now, one game to win it all. Will it be the last one for Jim Harbaugh? Who knows? Will he be back in Ann Arbor? Who cares at this point? All that matters is trying to win a natty. And when I said to myself, I'm not going to bet against Michigan again after they beat Bama, it took me all of a day to start second-guessing myself. Because I think Michigan's going to win the football game. But I do think Washington is going to put up more of a fight than many people think. Michigan has never gone against an offense like Washington. Do you know who the two best offenses are that Michigan has faced this season? Take a guess. I'll give you some time to answer. One is 58th ranked Alabama. The other is UNLV, who is ranked 43rd. Michigan has not faced an offense in the 30s, the 20s, or even the teens. And then comes along Washington. The best offensive line in the game. They won the Joe Moore trophy. Three NFL receivers. Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, and Jalen McMillan. This is an offense none like Michigan has ever faced. You're going to have receivers running open, potentially. It's going to be the toughest test for Michigan secondary. And for a defensive line like Michigan, who, by the way, Michigan the best defense in football. They allow like 9.8 points a game. But for a D-line that got home six times on Jalen Milrow, I don't think you're going to be able to do that to Michael Penix Jr. The six-year player has only been sacked 11 times this season. Michigan got six sacks in the last game against Alabama. So I see all these stats and I say to myself, oh boy, I hope Michigan's defense can handle Washington's offense. But then I think to myself, Michigan's defense was created to stop the Buckeyes. They were created to stop C.J. Stroud. They were created to stop a high, prolific offense like Washington. So despite the fact that this is the best offense that Michigan will face, they got to be perfect. Michael Penix and the Huskies have to be perfect. They got to score on damn near every drive. Why? Because the Huskies' defense sucks. Do you know they come into this game ranked 97th in the country? If Washington were to win this football game and become national champions, it would be the worst defense on a national title team since the BCS started back in 1998. Think about that for a second. Now, I don't want to tell you this next fact, but the second worst defense to win a CFB game was TCU last year. They were like 96th ranked. So two spots better than this Washington D. But this Washington offense and Michael Penix and these stud receivers and their and their running back is going to play too. But they're going to have to be perfect because Michigan, and this is going to be how Michigan wins the football game. They're just going to run out the clock. They have no problem going on soul-sucking drives that keeps Penix and that offense off the field. Washington gives up 6.6 yards per carry against the run. 
Michigan can run the football. J.J. can throw the football. All in all, Michigan should be able to have their way offensively with Washington's defense. So if Washington cannot get enough possessions and Michigan is totally comfortable winning that way, I don't see how the Huskies win this football game. Now, full disclosure, Washington is a top 10 team as far as forcing interceptions. So that might be a factor later on tonight. Washington also played some pretty good offenses. They beat Oregon twice. Washington also in every game is underdogs. And they seem to flourish with that. Their motto is us against us. Michigan says Michigan against everybody. Washington says us against us. Both coaches are great. DeBoer and, of course, Jim Harbaugh. I think it's going to be a closer game than people think. But I do think Michigan pulls it out, and I do think they win their first national title since 1997. And then I do think we have weeks among weeks among weeks of speculation if Jim Harbaugh is done. What do you think? Michigan puts up 45 to 50 points on a defense like Washington has. So even though I tried to talk myself out of it, even though I tried to convince myself that, no, I should not pick Michigan, I got Michigan by at least five or six. I got Michigan to cover. I think it's going to be a close game for most of the game. I think it's going to be a nervous game. But I do think the Wolverines pull it out. I also think they're better suited. I mean, they've been to the CFP the last two years. They've lost. Now, Washington found a way to go for the first time, and they won their first game against Texas. Washington has won eight games this season by single digits. Does that scare you, or does that make you wonder if they're a little fake? like Minnesota Vikings were last year. I'm asking. I'm not saying they are. I think it's going to be close. But I think the Wolverines pull it out, and I think they're your national champions. That is my thought. Let me give you a score. I go Michigan 31, Washington 27. There you go. All right? All right. I think I covered everything. I did. All right, one more thing for you. Barry Sanders. Look how cool this bobblehead is. Here, let me just show you the whole thing. It is heavy, people. It's weighty. It's really cool looking, isn't it? Look at that. It's the Barry statue. It's pretty sweet. Do you want it? It's yours. It comes with the box. Here, let me get the box over here. The box is like this commemorative box. This was given to me by somebody that came to the game and already had one. So they said, give it away on your podcast. So I will. So if you want the Barry Sanders bobblehead, this is a collector's item for sure. It's pretty sweet. Detail there. Look at that. If you want the Barry Sanders bobblehead, all you got to do, wherever you get your podcast, leave a review. Please, subscribe to The Daily Ticket and leave a review. And I'll pick one lucky individual and I'll mail you the Barry Sanders bobblehead. There you go. Of course, with the case. The case is cool, by the way. Here, let me show this to you. Comes with, there's a little baggy almost. Look at that. Pretty neat. So, if you have any interest in trying to get the Barry Sanders bobblehead, if you weren't in attendance yesterday at the game, just please leave a review, follow, like, subscribe, the daily ticket, and uh, I'll pick one. Also, in the review, just leave how I can get a hold of you. You know, give me your Twitter handle. I'll reach out to you, direct message you. I'll get you it. All right? Fair? Good. Okay, good. That's going to do it for the Daily Ticket. We'll join you tomorrow. Is Michigan national champions? And who are the Lions playing? We'll talk all about it. When do they play? Is it at night? Is it during the day? It's going to be at Ford Field. 
Guys, enjoy your Monday. We'll catch you tomorrow on the Daily Ticket. And don't forget, if you want the berry, it's not even a bobblehead. It's a statue. If you want the berry replica statue, leave a review. I'll get you it. All right? All right. Take care, everybody. See you tomorrow on the Daily Ticket. Bye-bye.